political commentary. Political analyst Mr. Ford O'Connell joins me as we discuss what's happening around our state and especially here in Southwest Florida. I'm Smoking Joe, and this is Cracker Culture, the podcast for real Floridians. As a boy, Ford, I remember standing outside of Terry Park, scrambling for balls knocked over the fence. It was the winter home of the Kansas City Royals baseball team. Baseball was America. When I read the Washington Post article by Kevin Blackstone calling for MLB to boycott spring training in the DeSantis Rand, Florida, my thought was, who does he think this will affect? Well, it's very simple. The five weeks of spring training that we have with the 15 teams throughout South Florida basically brings into the state $600 million. This is once again a Democrat activist trying to hide behind sports to push a political agenda, and it's all about attacking Ron DeSantis. Luckily, Major League Baseball, even though Major League Baseball has gotten more woke and given a majority of its donations to Democrats after what happened in Georgia in 2021 over the Major League All-Star game and the nonsense that Stacey Abrams pushed, I'm not all of that worried, but it tells you where the Democrats want to go. They want to hurt middle-class Floridians. Why? Because they don't like what we stand for. I just don't understand that this this woke culture doesn't understand who this affects. Now, I'll tell you, in my opinion, it affects the lower-income families that could only have the possibility of seeing their favorite baseball team during a spring training event. I mean, I'm not going to go up to New York to see the Mets play or nobody else. You know, a lot of us kids seen our baseball heroes right here during spring training. You don't have to tell me I'm a Red Sox fan. You, we, you, you crazy? Between the Red Sox, the Twins, the Tampa Rays, and Charlotte County, look, you're exactly right. This is about a huge chunk of money and infused capital, particularly into Southwest Florida. And if we don't have spring training and they all go to Arizona, which I remember not too long ago, the same person was boycotting Arizona when it came to Martin Luther King Day. You know, once again, this is going to hurt working class people. And right now that we're in a recession created by Joe Biden, it's working class people that we need to be paying the most attention to. Well, Mr. Blackstone, I'm going to tell you, this is going to affect the local economy here, and it's going to be a disservice to every child in the state of Florida and taking the opportunity for them to see professional baseball away. I hope that Mr. Blackstone will realize the damage he's doing. You know, you know, Joe, to your point, just so the viewers understand, you know, everyone knows that we have spring training in Florida, but this has been going on since 1888 in the state of Florida. In a lot of ways, it helped also grow a lot of communities, as you know, from Vero Beach on down. And that is what we have to remember. Florida is as synonymous with baseball as Florida is with Disney. And this is where I tip my hat to Ron DeSantis. Major League Baseball isn't going to do this twice because Ron knocked the mouse house upside the head. And I think that that was very, very important. I always told people when it came to the battle with Disney, this was far bigger than Disney and even, dare I say, parental rights, which we all hold dear. But Florida and baseball is as is, is, is American as apple pie, my friend. 
Well, I, again, I believe that Ron's more intelligent. I, I'm not happy with all of uh, Mr. DeSantis's decision, but for the most part, I am, and I believe that he'll do the right thing when it comes to this this stupidity. Um, speaking of stupidity, let's talk about Florida Senator Jason Brodeur. He proposed a bill that would require bloggers who publish articles about political figures register their identity with the government. I believe this is unconstitutional, and I think Lake Mary residents should consider if Brodeur hasn't shamed them enough with his ignorance to seek a new senator. Ugh, I, I agree with you. Look, on its face, this bill, as it, I currently understand it's written, uh, it, it violates the First Amendment on its face. Okay, and I'm going to throw in a little bit devil's advocate here. Look, the whole idea, this bill violates the First Amendment. But there is a reality, Joe, that a certain set of political bloggers in the state of Florida and around the country are not really writing news. What they are writing is political advertisements. And I do think to a great extent, the public should know who's paying for those advertisements because a lot of times they get passed off as news. And I, you know, look, we, we do put restrictions on campaign advertisements. So I do believe there's some merit to what's being raised, but the idea that Brodeur and how Brodeur is raising it, I agree with you, is more on party of one. Well, you know, like you just said, there's a lot of people that are more self-promoters than they are reporters. And we've been faced that with that locally here. And unfortunately, uh, DeSantis has took one of those self-promoters under his wing. And, you know, we just got to hope that the Floridians see this for what it is. It is yeah, and I, you're absolutely right. But I, I want to be clear about that. What, what a lot of news media outlets uh, missed here was, it wasn't about necessarily forcing bloggers to register with the Florida state government. What it was was saying, if you receive compensation, and that is what I'm talking about, because there's a lot of things you and I know, and I'll give you what I'll say his name out loud, who's connected to Terry Miller, and that's Jacob Ogles over Florida politics, who it's amazing does not like Republicans, but the second a Terry Miller client is running in a race, I wonder how the client is being portrayed. How shall I say is the second coming of a hamburger or whatever greatness you want to call it? And frankly, that needs to be exposed. I agree with that. It's not. I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that whole assessment. However, does it not seem like another way for government to get involved and there's going to be a processing fee because they're going to have to hire staff. It is another way to take money. And especially if it, they're going to talk about somebody like me is that I'm going to have to register and pay money. I have not made the first cent off of my show. So, you know, and again, what if I do, what if I, uh, one of that, if I put out a buy me a coffee or something, what if I make a couple of dollars, you're going to take that. These are all great questions. Let's start with number one. One, I'm a free speech absolutionist like Elon Musk. And number two, I can't stand uh, regulations. So what am I really talking about here? I think, as I told you, the way Brodeur wrote it, ridiculous, okay? And I, and the idea that you question the governor or the state cabinet or whatever, 
Great. They're Republican today, folks. They may not be Republican tomorrow. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What I'm talking about is narrowly tailoring something like we do with political advertisements. And when people are getting paid directly by that campaign or that PAC, that needs to be registered with the state government from that campaign or PAC. And unfortunately, that is not what is happening. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I hope that that just dies on the face of Oh, it's going to die. It's going to die. I was just trying to give a nuance to it because I agree it's the dumbest thing I've seen seen since New Coke. Uh, Well, here locally, UPC Insurance canceled thousands of homeowner policies in Lee County. Uh, Even before Ian made landfall, many policies had become unaffordable. This has hit several of my friends uh, who, and and one of my friends actually got a notice and and they sent me the the notice they got. And the strangest thing is they put the effective date on the notice, yet they didn't send them the notice for almost a month later. How does that work? How can they possibly keep doing this? You know, that that seems highly suspicious. I'm not very I'm not a big fan of the way a lot of insurers are working in Florida and particularly in, in South Florida. But I will say, let me step back to when it comes to property insurance in the state of Florida. This is the biggest problem facing Florida today. Right now, we're the envy of the nation on everything. You've seen the the amount of tourism that comes into Florida, not just during COVID, but otherwise, this is the heyday of our state. And the biggest problem facing us is property insurance and being able to afford it. Because if we can't find a way to solve this problem, this great state is going to have a lot more problems. Well, even the Roach, State Representative Spencer Roach policy was canceled. So the Roach Motel has been deemed not fit to withstand insurance. Yeah, and look, that you know, you raise an excellent point. This, this cancellation isn't just affecting certain people based on political view. This is something that we have to come together as Floridians on, and I'm concerned in Tallahassee. They're not putting their best foot forward. And, you know, this dates back to Rick Scott, too. It's not just Ron DeSantis, the state legislature. It's Rick Scott. We've known about this problem over and over. We continue kicking the can down the street. And now it's pricing people, working class people, out of Florida. Because remember, the biggest purchase you're going to make in your life is your home. And if you can't find a way to protect your home and family, the greatness that we call Florida may cease to exist. Well, now, Rick Scott's been speaking up a lot more lately. Is this simply because he's ready to run for election again? Well, look, I I never underestimate uh, people's reasons for chirping on certain issues. But I'll say this. Governor Scott knew about the problem. Ron DeSantis knows about the problem. The legislature knows about the problem, but everyone seems to not be doing very much about the problem. And the last thing we did, I believe, in the special session uh, when it came to the insurance was we put a Band-Aid on it. I, I don't want I want to use a word so people understand where we are. I believe the state legislature is treating property insurance like it's a stage one cancer patient. And I don't want to scare people and mix my metaphors, but we're at stage four. 
And this uh, is a very, very serious problem. And this wasn't just a problem during Ian. This was a problem during Irma. And yet we still don't find a way to solve the problem. And when you look at the insurance industry overall, it seems that South Florida and Long Island, New York are really flipping the bill for the rest of the nation. Well, I hope that they can remedy it somehow because with the current prices, many homeowners are asking if it's even feasible to have insurance. Well, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly the point. And we saw this uh, during Ian where I forget how many different policyholders there were, but I think what shocked a lot of people who didn't know much about Southwest Florida is how few people had insurance because of the affordability. And this cut all the way from Lehigh Acres to Barefoot Beach. So it was all economic spectrums when you think about it. And the fact that, you know, it's really scary that a lot of people are willing to roll the dice in terms of not protecting their home. But then they look at the cost benefit analysis and say, well, if my place isn't hit in six years, that I've done my job if I've got to rebuild. And that's not how you want to be thinking because your home is your castle and we want people to thrive and prosper in Florida. I agree, Ford. I hope that our local politicians will do something to remedy this for all of us. Uh, there's a whirlwind of controversial disrupted in Cape Coral after the termination of city manager Rob Hernandez. Uh, I want to play a little clip here about that. Former city manager Rob Hernandez claims that he was fired because he would not join the mayor and some city council members in discriminating against black and LGBTQ employees and citizens. In that 10-page letter that was sent from his attorneys last week, they say that the city manager was fired and now he now wants more than a half a million dollars and an apology in a settlement and a neutral recommendation letter so he can find his next job. Now this comes days after the mayor denied the allegations in a very brief and quick news conference. Now, Ford, that, that's really been spotlighted, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know enough about this to say how I really feel. Now, Mr. Hernandez is claiming that uh, the mayor uh, was anti-LGBTQT. Well, I've complained about how liberal uh, John Gunter is by riding around with a flag, a rainbow flag on his car in a parade. I don't think that it is appropriate for his actions there. So are we really got a disgruntled employee or do we got a problem inside the city council? You know, I, I, I don't know the answer and I think more needs to come out. What I do find ironic here is I'm not taking any side in this point at the moment, but I see that Hernandez worked for three years is the city manager. Now, all of a sudden, he's being fired. It seems to me that there's, this is more than meets the eye, but we're going to find out in the very near future. And if I'm mistaken, even the, the, the previous city manager was brought up and they tried to uh, fire the previous city manager. I mean, it seemed a common theme that are they trying to get more to a mayoral-run city? I, I think that that's exactly what, what what's trying to happen, what they're trying to do here. And, and, you know, the city council is, you know, especially in the wake of Ian, has got to start putting the citizens of Cape Coral first and the residents of Cape Coral first, rather than continuing to play political games. Their job is to make sure the city runs. And right now it seems to be a civil war on the council. Well, 
the city council also has complaints that a council member was not residing within her district at the time of swearing in. Now, they're talking about Mrs. Patty Cummins, and I've spoke to Patty, and, you know, she's explained to me her take on this situation. There was a hurricane. I don't know for sure whether it was legal or not legal, but I do have a problem with the fact that Matt Caldwell, state committee man, rushed the anonymous complaint to Governor Ron DeSantis' office. Now, I asked several members of the Lee County REC if Caldwell had approached the board before acting on his own capacity as state committee man. I also asked if they felt it was appropriate for him to proceed without the board's blessing. He never spoke to none of them. Uh, and from what uh, reports tell me, he sent the letter straight to the governor uh, and to the ethics board. Uh, and he did, from what I'm told, he, he stated that he was the state committee man. Well, I thought he stepped down. What happened here, Joe? Well, okay. Sources within the Lee County REC stated that Matt Caldwell offered his resignation as state committee man with the condition that he chooses his successor. He chose Andrew's son. If you will remember, Andrew's son is the loser in the chair election of the Lee County REC and went on as far as to blame Donald Trump for COVID vaccine deaths. Ford. There's so much. Matt Caldwell is basically like Queen Elizabeth. We live in a monarchy in Lee County, and you can just decide who your successor is because you stepped out. Gosh, I know of a Senate race where something equivalent occurred there. <laughs> but, you know, this is the problem, okay? And I'm not just taking a jab at Caldwell. The fact that someone's going to say, well, I'll step down if I can appoint my successor. That's not how this works, okay? Let the people decide who the successor is going to be. And not only that, if you step down and maybe you say you're in a gray zone, do you even have standing to lodge said complaint against Patty? And not only that, it seems to me that you've taken matters into your own hands, gone outside the chain and settled the political beef rather than doing what is right by a state committee man or woman. Well, and I hope that whatever happens with Patty, Hernandez, whoever, because I don't want to take sides on this because I think we there's more information that we exactly. brought out. But I do hope that the due diligence will be done and it won't be pushed through on either case because of establishment politics. Well, I think that that's the point. I think that we need to be clear on that. This isn't about having... A, a beef with Matt Caldwell or saying that Patty is right or wrong. It just seems that once again, the establishment has decided what it's going to do. We, and then therefore they want to name their successors and they want to be able to operate independent of the actual procedures to do things. And that's just not right. Well, Ford, my last topic of the night is I want to refresh the folks about last week we talked about, me accusing the school board of violating sunshine. I've had several email exchanges with the board's attorney, which she's concluded that she didn't think sunshine was violated. I got about a minute and a half of me from last night, and then we'll discuss this. 
Board attorney stated that each board member was questioned and had no knowledge why Mr. Allen stated that he had a quorum. So who's lying? The board's attorney proceeded to claim that few members were familiar with Mr. Allen and have spoken to, with him on general topics, including Fort Myers Beach. However, there was no indication that two or more board members met with him and discussed the claim of an under-market exchange of the beach property or anything else that might come before the board. The claim that a few members were familiar with Mr. Allen implies that he is not known to all of them. Seven sentences into your response, the email shows a willingness to be untruthful. How does one possibly believe that a person who has been a campaign contributor in attendance at many political and social events even proposed a socialist-style housing project to the district as early as 2017 to imply that only a few members with Mr. Premier Mr. Allen is a provable lie? You continued to provide me with the definition of the Sunshine Law and quoted a case referring to a reporter and a council member. Remember, Mr. Allen is not a reporter but a developer with aspirations of creating income through the district. Superintendent Bernier was clear that the beach property would not be brought to consideration on March 7th, you stated, considering that I ripped the cherry off the top of that cupcake. At least at the last action meeting, I'd guess not. Attorney Bruno also said that the members denied talking with Mr. Allen about the sale or lease of the beach property. The record should show that the entire board has called Mr. Allen a liar, a pathological liar. Well, that was last night, just a few minutes of the meeting last night. I will tell you that I, again, I'm not here to attack Mr. Allen. I'm simply pointing out the inconsistencies in what the board is saying. And trust me, the board knows that they've done something wrong. Look, I first of all, the next meeting, I want you to get a name tag, okay? And on that name tag, I want to say the one-man gang. Because honestly, you are standing up for exactly right. You're trying to make the case that there seems to be cronyism going on here. It's not about one side or the other. And that people in Lee County need to be held accountable and people in Lee County need to be aware of what it appears that their government officials are engaged in. And unfortunately, rather than being celebrated for what you're doing, you're being chastised by backdoor people through emails who don't have a backbone to stand up and say, hey, Joe may have a point here. Well, there's so much going on with the school board, and there's so many. I mean, I before the show today, I had another whistleblower call me and sent me more evidence of more of the cronyism going on within the school board. And the thing that I don't understand is how can nobody else not want to see this be looked at at an outside investigator? We need to stop this self uh, self investigation of these people and have somebody else that can be you know, non-biased about it. Well, you're absolutely right. You've got to hold cronyism accountable. That appears to be what's going on here. We don't know that for a fact, but we're never going to know it if the very people engaging in alleged said cronyism are the ones running their own investigation because, as we know, the Jack the Ripper is never going to find himself guilty. And that's exactly the point. And and it needs to come to a point where, given the size of the budget, given the number of kids involved in Lee County schools, this is something everyone should be pushing for. We need transparency. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. 
from what appears to be ailing Lee County. And here's the thing. Maybe I shouldn't be looking for a sunshine violation at all because I've so far I've been able to tie most every one of these members back to developers and contractors. Maybe I should be looking at a RICO Act. Well, there's definitely other things you can be looking at. Remember, when we talked about the alleged $1 transfer, right or wrong, that seems to be really, really bad, and it has to be fair market value. So, I mean, there are other things that you should be looking at besides Sunshine Law, because if things are changing hands, and it seems to be that there's self-dealing on both sides of the table, that needs to be called out. Well, if I was a vendor with the school board, I'd seriously question my affiliation with the members, especially after they threw Mr. Allen and his credibility right out the door by all standing firm that he had told a lie. I know exactly what you're walking into, into the gauntlet with these folks, because if you don't play ball with them, they will burn you. Absolutely. Well, Ford, again, I enjoy our weekly visits. I want to thank you for joining us. Folks, you need to get out, see what's going on in your community, and do what you can to make sure what's going on is right. For Smoking Joe and Fort O'Connell, we love you, Florida. Love, peace, and gator grease. Hi, folks. I'm Smoking Joe with the Crack Country Podcast. I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Farmer Joe's Fresh Market, located at 1401 Southwest Pine Island Road in beautiful Cape Coral, Florida. Farmer Joe's has all of your grocery needs. They have a wonderful bakery where everything's made from scratch. A delicious hot bar. Seafood that is fresh as you can get anywhere. And some of the best cuts of Braveheart meats you can find. They have a full deli. They have an ice cream shop, a breakfast bar, and much more. You owe it to yourself to go to the greatest grocery store in all of Lee County, Farmer Joe's Fresh Market.